Gang, good morning. So we are taking a break from the Gospel of Luke this week to do something a little different, a little more topical. So if you will, head over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 this morning. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, so we are usually are come to this, this time in our service and we want to focus on uh, a particular passage and spend most of our time in that particular passage. Uh, we are going to unpack a, a particular passage this morning. I've now said particular three times, huh? Uh, but I do want to just warn you right now that we're going to be moving around a few different places. So if you need to, take a moment, stretch your fingers. I don't want anyone pulling anything today and it would be my fault because we're moving through the scripture so much. Uh, and so all that to say that we're just going to be a little more topical today, and the topic is this, gratitude and thankfulness. And you might ask, well, why? Any guesses? No. No, not because. Yeah, actually, it kind of is. It really kind of is. It's not an annual thing we do. We don't feel compelled to do this for uh, holidays. We usually just keep doing whatever we're doing. Um, but I did want to this year at some point spend some time on this because it's been a rough year for just about everyone, right? Except for Zoom and toilet paper makers and what, hand sanitizer, that sort of thing. Otherwise, it's been a rough year. In fact, uh, Laura made this, this uh, used Berkeley's cricket machine to make this, this mask uh, this week, and it, and it says on it, uh, it looks like a product review, and it says 2020 real big, and then one of five stars is actually filled in, and below it it says very bad, would not recommend um, for the year. Of course, that's, that's just for a laugh, but uh, truly this has just been a rough year for everyone. And there's been a litany of reasons uh, for us to become people who complain. And yet we who are in Christ ought to be different. Notice, I mean, truly ought to be different. Not pretend to be different, uh, but truly be different by being joyful. Because we have eyes to see so many of the things that the Lord is doing that we can be grateful for, right? Things that are worthy of our gratitude, worthy of our, our thanksgiving. And so I thought this makes sense this week to focus on our, our, ourselves, on the call of the Lord to us to be thankful people. So our primary passage is going to be 1 Thessalonians. Verse 18 is where the focus is. But just to give you the, the wider context, we're going to start in verse 12 there. Uh, and the wider context even beyond that is this is a letter to the, the church in Thessalonica. And, and as Paul is ending this letter. This is the instructions he gives to them. Do this. Be this. Uh, and so follow along as we begin in verse 12. <clears throat> we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The grass withers, the flower fades. Let us pray. Father, we have all come into the Wareham this morning with our own baggage. Some of us are frustrated at things that are out of our control. Some of us are feeling the shame of sin we've committed. Some of us feel hopeless or depressed by life in isolation. Lord, as we look to your word this morning, we ask that you would encourage our hearts, 
Teach us to see and to be grateful for all that you, you give and do and are. And, and Lord, please push away all the distractions that buzz like static in our minds this morning so that we can focus clearly on your word now. It's in Christ's holy name we pray, amen. And so we're going to come back to our main passage in just a bit, but if you will, turn probably just a handful of pages to your left to Philippians chapter 2. Um, can hear you moving. Anyone pull a muscle? I didn't think so. It's because we stretched, right? We're good. So here we see what sort of attitude, what sort of speech the Lord does not wish to see his bride, the, the church, partake in. And this is the things he doesn't want us to be saying and, and, and doing in this sense. And, and, and it should kind of make us wonder what, what sort of attitude in speech is so terrible, so destructive, that, that God, through the Apostle Paul, calls his people to not partake in. Is it, is it cussing? It's kind of where your mind wants to go, right? Is, is this where we're encouraged as the people of God to not be dropping F-bombs because that's so destructive? We, we might expect that. Many, many make great efforts, in fact, not to cuss more than they make efforts against the sin that God is actually commanding us uh, to battle against in Philippians 2, verses 14 and 15 there. Take a look or listen to what God commands us. He says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You hear that? Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Some translations say without complaining and arguing. See, grumbling is a verbal expression of discontentment and like wildflowers in California, discontentment will spread throughout a people. That's why it's, it's so easy for us to grumble, to complain. It's, it's easy because it's a community event. It's, you know, everyone seems to enjoy it unless, of course, you're the object of that complaining. In Exodus, God had provided bread from the sky, right? They're out in the wilderness. There's nothing available. And God is providing bread from the sky for Israel. And in Exodus 16.1, listen to this. And the whole congregation of people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They, they grumbled against their leaders, but really they grumbled because they were not satisfied with what God was providing for them. Complaining is almost always ultimately against God. It's a declaration of discontentment with the way your life is going in one way or another. And it stems from this possession of pride that says, God, I, I know better than you, God, on how to handle this. I, let me have control. <clears throat> I know there's a Carrie Underwood joke in there, but I'm going to skip it. Um, so remember, the, the point of actually telling you or telling us to do all things without disputing here is, is, is simple. It's that unity and grumbling are antithesis of each other. Uh, they are exact opposites of each other. As one grows, the other is going to be torn apart. Grumbling will destroy the unity that the Lord prayed for his church in John 17. And while there is absolutely a place for loving and constructive admonition, that's really what, rarely what we actually find ourselves doing, if we're honest. And I've started here, in case you're wondering, because most of us really are compulsive complainers. And, and simply not grumbling, not grumbling, this is the low bar of, of our Lord for the way he calls us to handle our speech and our attitude. The absolute low bar. But in God's word, he's called us to a much higher bar than that. God instructs us not only to not grumble, but to actively be thankful. 
In fact, being grateful and giving thanks are some of the most frequently modeled and encouraged behaviors in the whole of Scripture. I cut it out of the sermon, but at one point I just had a massive list. You'd be shocked if you just do a word search in your Bible for gratitude and thanks and thanksgiving and words like that, you'd be shocked how much we are encouraged this in the Scriptures. Um, and we're just encouraged to do that. And, and, and for some reason, most of us simply haven't made that a priority in our life. It's not, it's not a, a character aspect that we're trying to build up and encourage and grow in. And, and so my hope is this morning is that this will reorient our hearts towards God and the reasons that we have to be thankful. Do you know what the, the difference between being grateful is and being thankful? Or gratitude and thanksgiving. Gratitude is something that we, we feel in our heart. Something that we think in our minds. We're aware of it. While well, well, thankfulness is gratitude that has has been taken from the heart, taken from the mind, and now is being expressed outwardly to someone. Uh, and so while thankfulness, in, in, uh, uh, for instance, say your mom makes the most amazing chocolate chip cookies ever, right? Which means she's going to sprinkle a little bit of that fancy salt on top because they can't be the best ever if you don't do that. Uh, it's just the right way to do it. And, and because God has also made you with these taste buds, which are pretty much unnecessary except for the, the, the pleasure they give you, uh, you take that first bite and your brain just lights up with pleasure and, and you begin thinking, these are so good. I am so glad that mom made this, right? That, that's the moment that you're experiencing gratitude, <clears throat> but it doesn't actually become thankfulness uh, until you say something like, mom, thank you for making these cookies. They are so good. They are so wonderful. Can I have six more? Something along those lines. Or you, you might watch the turmoil in other nations, right? You, you see the news and you can see how rough things are and you just think to yourself, I am, I am glad I live in a free country. That's gratitude. But, but you're not thankful until you express it in thanksgiving to whoever's responsible for, for what you're thankful for. So you might pray, God, thank you for sovereignly placing me in this nation with these freedoms. Or by, by telling Rodney or, or Sam or Rich or Derek or Stephen or, or Will or, or Jim or any current or retired soldiers, you know, thanking them for the efforts they put to preserve the freedoms we enjoy. And so our, our Lord doesn't wish for us to be grumblers, but to be people with grateful hearts and, and with thankful tongues, lips. In fact, turn over to Romans 1, will you, if you will. It's a little further to your left. Um, <clears throat> it's a passage here about God giving people over to themselves. Right? This is what you want, this is what you get, and here's what, what kind of happens. I'll, I'll let you have your way. Uh, we're not going to unpack all that, all that, although it's fascinating. I, I just want to point to one thing there, Romans 1, verse 21. Listen to carefully to how these people, um, these people are kind of just disturbed. Listen to this. Uh, it says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. They knew God in, in the sense that they can look at the world, they can look at creation and know that there, there absolutely is a, a God who created all this. But, but you see what actually characterizes them here is this lack of honor to God and this lack of thankfulness to God, thanking God actually. And, and sometimes it actually helps to flip this over to say if, if that's what someone who has looked at the world and, and knows and should know that God exists and doesn't respond, you just reverse this whole passage and you begin to see the way that we should respond as people who do know God, truly know God, right? Let me read it to you that way. I'm just going to reverse it, everything and backwards. Because they know God, 
They honor him as God and give thanks to him. And they become fruitful in their thinking and their humble hearts are enlightened. That's the way of God's people. If we know God, we ought to be overflowing in thankfulness to God and for all that he has done for us. Now we're flipping again. Go back to where we began. Back to 1 Thessalonians 5. Um, We're going to be in verse 18 uh, for this. What we're seeing here is an imperative. You know that means a, a command, something you're told to actually do. It's not just, hey, here's some good advice maybe you want to take. Um, and, and it's an imperative that actually gives a reason for the imperative right afterwards. We don't always get that. Uh, listen to it again. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's dig into that. Uh, the phrase, give thanks, thanks, this is a single Greek word. We don't usually get in the Greek. Uh, I know Sam's on Zoom. He asked, do you ever use the Greek the other day? No, I don't, except for today. Um, it's a Greek word, eucharisto. It's used 71 times in the New Testament. Does it sound familiar to any of you? Hands, anyone? All the Catholics for sure, you saying yes, right? It, it sounds familiar because it, the, the, Eucharist is the term that, the Romans, that Roman Catholics often use to describe the Lord's Supper, or specifically the bread uh, as an element of Lord's Supper. And the reason is that because in Luke twenty-two nineteen, which we haven't gotten to yet, so you shouldn't have to know this well yet, uh, but at the Last Supper where Jesus is instituting the Lord's Supper, we, I'll read it to you. Here's what it says. It says, and he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. And again, that phrase, given thanks there, that's that Greek word, eucharisto. Uh, it's an intriguing word because it's this compound word. It's, it's made up of other words. It's got in, ingredients, if you will, and, and, and the actual ingredients are kind of unexpected if you're not, it's just unexpected. Um, it's kind of like, like mayonnaise. Do you know what the uh, ingredients of mayonnaise are? It's only three. It's oil and egg yolk um, and vinegar, and you just mix them up, and you've got mayo. So you can go home and make your own mayo. Forget Hellman's or whoever it is. Or, you know, they're unexpected things. Or or caramel. Caramel seems so complex, um, so amazing. But do you know what the ingredients of this are? And if you don't, Amy makes great caramel. She made it once and then said she'd make it again like six years ago. I've never tasted it again. This is not a guilt trip. It's a guilt trip. I want the caramel. Anyway... Here's the ingredients. It's, it's cream, sugar, butter, and vanilla, and it's roughly just mixed in a pan. Um, that's, that's, that's it. Is that right? Okay. I looked it up. That's what it said, but you might use yours different. Uh, and it's just these unexpected ingredients that make this wonderful goodness. And, and so I want you to listen to what the ingredients for, the, for this Greek word eucharisto are, uh, this compound word. The, the prefix is you, which just means good, right? Something good. And the main part of Eucharisto is, is charis, which uh, is the word for grace. Grace is it's something that we receive that we don't deserve. That's grace. And, and that word grace in the Greek is actually derived or derivative from the word chara, which means joy. And so you're starting to see those three things, right? If we, if we put this back into cooking, baking terms of, of that sense, um, for, for what, we, what makes up the phrase give thanks are these words good and grace and joy. See, the, the one who's received something good by grace and who feels joy for that is going to express it in thanksgiving. That's the idea. Until you understand grace, right? This is, this is absolutely, until you understand grace, you won't be a genuinely thankful person. I'll tell you why. Because we feel grateful and we express thankfulness 
when we realize that we don't deserve whatever good it is that has been given to us in that moment. In fact, think about this. When, when you receive something good and you also think that you deserve that good thing because someone owed it to you and it's just payback or for whatever reason it might be, you think you deserve that good thing, what's the word that describes that? It's not thankfulness. It's entitlement. That's what it is. It's very different. And, and entitlement is, is just the antithesis, the complete opposite to giving thanks. Look back to our text. When does it tell us that we are to give thanks? What's it say? In all circumstances. On a practical level, some circumstances are very difficult to find reasons to be thankful for. I was meditating on this passage this week and I kept finding myself in stressful or discouraging moments and I'm asking God, what what can I be thankful for in this circumstance, Lord? Right? Throw it up there like a, like a challenge almost. And, uh, uh, you know, so I'm, at one point I received this email from my doctor informing me that all the, the hard work of trying to eat well for these last three months, and I've gotten my, my numbers back on my cholesterol, and his words are, your numbers are virtually unchanged. Oh, okay. I probably should have eaten whatever I wanted. Uh, and I, you know, I, asking that question, Lord, what, what can I be thankful for in this situation? I, I considered that question. What, what in this circumstance have I received which I do not deserve? Where, where is the grace in this moment? In fact, that, that's the question if you could walk away with, right? That's the question I, I want us to be asking. Where is the grace in this moment? No, no matter what we find ourselves faced with. The Lord answered my prayer. I can be thankful the numbers aren't worse. Thankful the diagnosis isn't something more concerning. Thankful that medicines actually exist to help this if I need to get on them. Thankful for how this, this information helps me to make better decisions going forward. And thankful that my soul is secure in Christ even if my health is not secure. And then the next day, Friday morning, I'm sitting in Aggieville's Redina uh, and a while back, I'd asked uh, actually Katie's roommate, uh, Emily, about if I could put my feet up on this little coffee table they have in there. And she's like, sure, everyone does it. Um, and, and so I get everything ready, and it's all set up. And I take my computer like, cover and put it on the table because I'm not an animal. I don't want to put my feet directly on there. Um, she said it was fine. Anyway, uh, and, and that's all there. And I get everything ready, and then I put my feet up on the table, and the whole thing collapses. Two of the legs just snapped off and go flying. Everything on the table goes flying everywhere. Uh, every pair of eyes in, the, in all of Redina's look at me. There's people coming around the corner to see what in the world went on in that room. Uh, and, and, right? and, and it's right in that moment. Like, truly, I am in the middle of sermon prep trying to think through this question. Right? What, what can you, like situations that are hard to be thankful for. Um, yeah, so that happened. So now you know when you go in there next time, you know, I wonder what happened at that table. I know what happened at the table. Anyway, so the internal prayer is going on there. And, and admittedly, I'm kind of snarky with God at this point. I'm not saying you should be. I'm saying I was. And I'm asking, so how am I supposed to give thanks in this situation? And, and, and you know, it, the question's really going through my head at this point, and, and it really is a prayer. And I begin to see these, these answers even in this mundane, weird, random moment, right? Thankful that no one got hurt because this is the heavy table that went flying. Thankful that my coffee wasn't on the table at the moment, so I still have that. 
Uh, thankful that the employees were, were grateful or gracious enough to either lie to me or tell me the truth one way or the other by saying, it's no big deal, we knew it was going to break anyway, it's not your fault, all that kind of thing. Thankful that one of the ladies who came around the corner to see what it was all about is, uh, is, is this retired woman. She's in there every Friday morning. I've never had the opportunity to speak to her, but she's helping me clean things up, and, and now she knows my name. She, she says my name is Brian, the table destroyer, uh, and so there's that relationship I wouldn't have had, um, right? And all this stuff, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's gratitude and, and speaking it to God and, and even to you in this sense. It's, it's giving thanks in, in these everyday little things, and I think that's where we tend to miss it, is, is these little things. And I'm telling you, if, if you do this, if you look for the graces of God, or the grace of God in your life, even in these mundane things, it'll give you an attitude of gratitude and fill you with joy that you're just going to miss otherwise. You're just going to miss it. And that's sad for you. And, and it robs God of glory. And it fails to encourage anyone that would have been the object of, uh, of your, your thankfulness. So some of you Sean Spencer types might have noticed the small nuance in this passage that feels like an out in some regard uh, in, in the Thessalonians. It does not say for all circumstances, does it? it? What's it say? It says in all circumstances. And that's like our get out of jail free card, right? Which makes it easier because that means we can be thankful in a circumstance without being thankful for the circumstance. Is that easier to accept? Um, I think so, except do this. Let's, let's go to Ephesians. Again, you're going to your left from Thessalonians. It's even shorter distance this time. Um, and we're going to read starting in verse 18. Um, starting in verse 18, but we're really looking at verse 20. So that's where I want you to make sure you pay attention. Follow along. <clears throat> it says, and do not get drunk, drunk with wine. I feel like I have to pause there. It's, it's do not get drunk. If you find something other than wine to get drunk off, that's not an out. Uh, do not get drunk. Wine's the example. Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Here it is. <clears throat> giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You catch that? Probably because I emphasize it, right? Giving thanks always and for everything that takes away our little escape clause we saw before. When I was maybe 10, you know, you're not real accurate on these ages, um, my, my dad was pulled over for a speeding ticket. We were actually on our way back from Colorado. I remember it uh, well. And um, right after the officer handed him his ticket, and my dad, uh, my, my dad responds to him really genuinely. He says, thank you, I appreciate it. And, and so, of course, my, I've got a couple older brothers and my mother, and as soon as uh, he rolled up the window, we, we all just started mocking him. Um, you appreciate him giving you a ticket? And, and just kind of ripping on him because that seemed like an impossibility. I'm still convinced this, to this day that he said it just out of, you know, southern politeness. It just came out of his mouth. He didn't even know it. Uh, but he was quick to defend himself and will to this day uh, that you really counter our mocking by, by pointing out that the, the ticket is going to help me remember to drive slower, to drive safer. And so I really do appreciate him doing this. Uh, so it's up to you. I don't know if you believe him or not. But in any way, in, in that sense, you, you can see how you can actually be genuinely thankful even for a speeding ticket. And you still might balk then at the idea that we can actually give thanks for everything, right? Especially as, as we're living through this 
pandemic and uh, all the uncertainties, all the frustrations it has caused, right? Are, are you thankful for any financial struggles you're going through? Are you, are you thankful for the budget cuts at K-State? Are you thankful for the racial tensions and uh, election disputes or results? Are you thankful to, you know, the wildfires that are burning in California and Colorado? I think they're still burning there. Thankful for hurricanes or cancer or heart disease. Thankful for the, the abuse of children or women, right? Let, let's be cautious here. What, what it doesn't say is that you, it doesn't say we can't cry if you have cancer. It doesn't say you've, you've got to sing joyfully at the funeral. It doesn't say um, that there's no place for anger or action against injustice. But what it says is, is, is we're to be giving thanks always and for everything. And, and, and let me remind you, this isn't just friendly advice of, you know, of human advice. This is the word of God for us. This is the word of God. This may puzzle you, and that's okay. Don't, don't let that make you cynical. Don't, don't just reject it on those grounds. Do you, do you remember, and, and I really don't expect you to remember. Maybe you do, though. You read it recently. Uh, do you remember in Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel visited Mary uh, and, and he tells her, she's young, right? We're thinking somewhere 13, 14, 15, very young. And he tells her, you're going to become pregnant with this child uh, who's to be the Savior, or is the Savior. And her response to the angel Gabriel in verse 34 is, how will this be since I am, still, uh, since I am a virgin? It, it puzzled her, right? That's, that's the question. You, you read this Ephesians 5.20 and you want to ask, how, how will this be? Be thankful for everything. How will this be? How is this possible? And, and, and the angel encourages her. Do you, do you remember what he says? He says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Right? He doesn't give all the description of everything. There's a little bit about the Holy Spirit there and, and how that's going to work. But he just tells her, all things are possible with God. There, there are so many moments in life that we can't understand how God is working, what he's doing, why in the world he's done this. Everything in us says, this is horrible for me, Lord. It's puzzling, but, but even giving thing, uh, thanks for things like 2020 and health issues can be done. Because as Gabriel states, nothing is impossible with God. Our life of gratitude, when the, when the world around us is, is full of grumbling, is, is a testimony to our believing God. When he says, even in Romans 8.28, that when he says, we, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. God is working good even in heartbreaking situations. And we don't have to understand how that is for that to be so. There are things that have occurred as a result of this pandemic that are actually good for you. You might not know it. You probably could list off immediately five to ten things that have worked out terrible that you're upset about. But there are some good things that God is working for you that you just haven't seen. Things that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Issues brought to life. How you spend your time re-evaluated. Family relationships nurtured because so many less extracurriculars. It fears, right? Fears for financial things and health things that, that have led you to stronger faith, stronger dependence upon God to provide for you in a world where before you just took care of yourself. Pray and ask the Lord to show you what graces that you have received even in the midst of this frustrating situation. And that leads us to our last section today. People who are not joyful are usually people who are not grateful and not thankful people. 
Those things go hand in hand. So, so how do we learn to look for the grace of God in our life so we can be grateful and express that in thanksgiving? Let's start with the most obvious one for believers, for Christians, uh, the grace that we have received from God, namely salvation that we receive by grace through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. No, no matter what else is going on in your life, salvation is, is good grace of the Lord, and so be grateful so, so, so that for that and, and so thank the Lord for salvation and praise him for for other or to two others for the grace that you have in your life that's one of the most obvious things we can thank the Lord for but furthermore thank the Lord for who he is I I don't know that we do that enough and in, in fact if you've never done that uh, our doctrinal statement the Westminster Confession of Faith you can find it online it is on our website but you can just google it too uh, chapter two of that is the attributes of God Go through that and, and just let that be a guide for thanking God for who he is, right? Go upstream from the gifts of God right, right to the Lord. Uh, second, thank God for your church, your, your covenant family walking this life with you. E- even knowing we're not perfect, this is no one's dream church, you, you can be thankful that you have a church family you have those who are walking with the Lord alongside of you, who want to encourage you in the faith, who are there for you when you let your needs be known, and sometimes when you don't let your needs be known. Be thankful for that. Third, this is, this is low-hanging fruit, but let's be thankful for the good gifts of the Lord. Uh, Martin, Glu- Lu- yeah. Martin Luther wrote, Whatever is in heaven and upon earth is daily given, preserved and kept for us by God. Thus, it is our duty to love, praise, and thank him for it without ceasing. Knowing that God preserves all things, even our very existence, should motivate us to a life of thankfulness. We, we should seek to be continually grateful to God for all that he has given us. Without him, we would have nothing. For as 1 Timothy 4.4 points out, everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. If you, if you struggle with that concept, Um, if you struggle with how you can love God with all your hearts and also enjoy music and baseball and sex and food and craft beer and a funny meme and all the other good gifts of God to his people, if you, if you struggle with that, I'd encourage you to read a book by Joe Rigney called Things of Earth. I, I read it and it was immensely helpful for that concept of how do I make God the name, like number one priority in your life and seek to glorify him and still enjoy his good gifts in this world. And let me give you just two quotes from that book. The first is this. There are two great sins that work, in, at work, that work in the world and in human hearts, idolatry and ingratitude. We refuse to honor God as God, and we refuse to say thank you for the abundance of goodness and kindness that he lavishes upon us. And, and second, grateful enjoyment of fish tacos is what supreme love for God looks like when it eats fish tacos. I found that one particularly helpful right? Just the enjoyment of something and feeding that praise back to the Lord. Gratitude, thankfulness. And so how do we actually start being thankful, right? We, re, we recalibrate our mind, which is part of what we've been trying to do. But we also start with, you know, more intention where you already thank God. Like, like praying for your food at mealtimes. We you know, we're always worried about things becoming rote. That, that's probably one of the most rote things we do in our life is, is the, the mealtime prayer or the bedtime prayer. I'd encourage you to slow down and really think about the things you're, you're, you're grateful for. 
uh, the various foods on the table, the way your tongue interprets them, uh, that, that kind of thing. So, so think about that. Uh, or when you wake up in the morning, you, you know, you just slept through the night. You didn't know what was going on. You were just, you know, power down mode, and the Lord sustains you with breathing and your, 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 your heart beating, and nothing came through the roof to eat you, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So just thank the Lord right off the bat in the morning that you're still alive. Or, or when you find yourself enjoying anything from the Lord, thank God for that. A good book, a close parking spot, pumpkin pie, uh, the stars that you look up in the sky, a thoughtful friend, a restored friendship, a good job, whatever it might be, just find yourself, every time you're thinking, isn't this great, that, praise the Lord, thank the Lord for it. And, it, and it's not just, not just gratitude to God, but, but also to those in your life that you're thankful for. Uh, Philippians 1.3, the Apostle Paul, right? He begins it there saying, I, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. He lets them know, I'm so thankful for you. Uh, when, you when was the last time that you told someone how thankful to the Lord you are for them being in your life? Even people in your own home, husbands and wives, parents, children, roommates, you know, hopefully not random dude, but whoever is, is living in your house. When, when's the last time you told each other just how thankful you, you are for them in your life? Try being an intentional on this. Make, make phone calls, write card to them, whatever it might be. Uh, parents, one of the ways we teach this to our, our children, right? You, you cannot create gratitude in the heart of your child no matter how hard you try, but, but, but you can begin to teach them. You can begin to push them that direction, uh, encourage them in that way by requiring thankfulness, and, and, right? While it might not be legit, the hope is that teaching them to thank people will also teach them to notice, wait, why am I saying thankful? What do I have to thank them for? Oh, I received, I received this, right? And, and that's the hope that they begin to understand and, and it maybe goes backwards and becomes gratefulness in the heart. Uh, I'll tell you, for us, sign language was really helpful in this with our children. Our kids watched baby sign language video when they were kids and they'd do all these things when they wanted drinks and food. And anyway, it was really helpful before they could talk well. It's really helpful to us because... Um, they're receiving something from someone, right? Someone gives them candy, and here we are standing behind them, and all we can do, all we have to do is this. That's the sign for, if I'm remembering right, yeah. Uh, this sign for thank, thank, thank you, and that reminds them, oh yeah, I'm supposed to thank them, and you never have to say a word. It's a really nice trick to have, too. Uh, we still use it sometimes, even to each other. Uh, so, right, it reminds them that. Uh, you, you might also start ending your day by asking your children, your spouse, whoever, uh, to list just three things that you were thankful for today. You start stirring that up. And don't forget to ask yourself how you can be thankful um, for that really hard thing that happened today. Right? Your, your moment where you destroy a table in the coffee shop and are incredibly embarrassed, whatever it might look like, uh, some health thing, whatever it might be, look for some of the hardest things and start, start praying, Lord, what is there here? What grace have I received here that I can be thankful for? And then go about turning that gratitude in your heart in the words of thanksgiving to God and or to others. Um, so we're going to end right here. Um, let me add one more thing, just because this is not in my notes. Anyway, our, our kids listen to Odyssey, and there's this one character that lists off a hundred things that she hates. And it's the funniest things that our kids will read them to us sometimes or tell them to us. It's the funniest thing to think. And, and I just thought, if, what would happen if we tried to just pull out a journal, piece of paper, whatever it might be, and just could you write a hundred things that you're thankful for w without making it like this Frito and that Frito and this Frito? Um, 
like genuinely thankful for. And I, it, it's a good challenge because it makes you start looking beyond the real obvious things. Uh, so you might try that. If you do, I'd love to see your list. Um, anyway, we're going to end with this uh, quote. It's in the reflection at the beginning, but I can read it and you can listen. Uh, J.K. Chesterton, he says, When it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are holy and you are so good to us. Give us eyes and hearts that resist the temptation to grumble. And Lord, teach us to have grateful hearts and to speak thankful words to others and to you wherever and whenever we recognize your grace to us. And especially make us thankful for what Jesus has done upon the cross for us. Lord, in the, Lord, in the words of Revelation 7.12, may blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. To you, Lord. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.